Good morning, boys and girls. Welcome to MVS Soap. I'm going to give you a warning up front. This is going to be a long one because today's scripture just happens to hit on something that um, I'm talking about, not not uh, implicitly, but um, kind of, in Daily MVS. So I'm doing a series over there, and I, I've talked about it here as well. I've referenced it and stuff and talked about the whole rattling thing. Sorry if you're getting sick of it. I feel like it's super relevant and super important to discuss a bunch of the stuff they're talking about because of their huge influence and the fact that you know, they're basically like we were missionaries for 10 years and you know we were like basically what they're saying is we knew more about God than you did. We were like especially from you guys as a student's point of view they're like we were experts. We were pastors. Like we were missionaries, we were preachers we've put way more thought into this than you are. So on this subject, we're kind of smarter than you and they're not doing it arrogantly like this, but this is kind of what is being said. And we've come to the conclusion that, um, God isn't real. Well, not that God isn't real, but like Christianity isn't real, isn't true. So if you're a long time Rhett and Link fan and you're not an apologist, which is Unless I'm saying that wrong. I, sometimes I think it's the wrong word because it sounds like you're apologizing. But if you're not in, experienced in apologetics and, and defending the faith and, and all this kind of stuff, you can listen to them and come to the conclusion, especially when Link, I mean Link, Rhett, gets into like talking about genetics and DNA and and um, historical discrepancies with the Old Testament and stuff like that. It can really just seem like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. He's done the research. I don't, I don't really understand a lot of the stuff I hear at church anyways. I've just always assumed it was true, but this smarter person who is really cool and really seems to understand what's going on, um, is now telling me that this stuff isn't basically worth and credible of believing. Um, it can be confusing and unsettling a little bit. So, I'm talking about it in the other podcast where I'm literally, I've got multiple episodes where I'm going through and I actually have a whole list. So it's going to be like an ongoing thing throughout the, the entire year because I can't, like some of the things are, are going to take so much research. Some of the things like, I mean, some of the stuff he's talking about is stuff that he, he admits to spending 10 years researching. So I think it's unfair for me to sit down and like in a couple of episodes and just bang them out one, two, three, and be like, oh, this thing that he's been studying for 10 years and has read all these books and watched all these videos and had hours and hours of conversations. Um, let me just sit down and off the cuff or with just like a half hour of some quick research on my cell phone, let me combat this. So I'm gonna, I'm, I've written down a bunch of these ideas and I reserve the right to basically take my sweet time <laughs> and come back to them. And even bring in some experts. Like some of the stuff I'm like, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to say I know every single thing. And even if I can go and research all of it, like I also have other things to do. And I have I have students, you guys, to take care of. I have leaders to lead. I've got a family. I've got youth news to create. <laughs> I've got all this stuff we're doing. So like I, I can't 100% unfortunately just devote myself to like the next three months or next year, whatever. So I'm going to bring in experts, people who know this stuff, people who have different takes on it um, to be able to discuss some of the stuff. So all that said, don't feel like at the end of, if you're listening to daily MVS, at the end of like uh, 
the few episodes, like, well, he didn't go through every little thing. Don't worry, I have a list. Just off of Rhett's video alone, I think I have like six or seven topics. And each of them are like big topics. Not like I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes off the cuff and just kind of address. Um, so I will be essentially using those as topics, not back to back, but throughout the year and, and coming back to. Um, so you can check out more of that series in Daily MVS. And I will be doing... Uh, my next episode is about that is going to be called I Was Wrong. And it's where I, before I went into their other videos, I wrote down all my assumptions I made about them. And then now that I've listened to Rhett's, he addressed a lot of those assumptions. So I'm going to do like a I Was Wrong and Here's What I Assumed. And Here's What it Turns Out to Be the Case type video. And then I'll go into like my... And my, my first impressions after I finish, I just started links. And so I'll do an episode where I just talk about like, here's my thoughts. Here's how I'm processing this. Here's what I think about it. And then like I said, over the year, we'll, we'll jump all this stuff out. So anyways, why am I saying all this in this podcast and not that podcast? Um, it's all to say today's verse really kind of delves into some of this stuff. And I have like a ton of notes and I honestly, at some point just stopped writing. Um, I don't even have a prayer written down because I was just like, you know what? I have to stop writing because otherwise I'm going to have like 10 pages of notes and this is going to turn into like a whole series, which is not what this podcast is about. That would be for the other podcast. Really quick though, before I jump into this, you can actually leave me voice messages. So if you go to um, anchor.fm and you find this podcast on anchor unfortunately if you're listening like on spotify or apple podcast or something you can't do it there <laughs> but if you go over to um anchor.fm you are able to you have to have an account unfortunately you can't do it anonymously which i guess is technically a good thing but if you log in create a free account you can then leave a voice recording there's a little option on the show page that lets you uh, just record your voice and ask me a question. So I tested it out and um, left myself a hilarious little voice message on the other podcast from this account. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, feel free to do that. Again, you don't have to, um, especially since it requires you to create uh, an account on something. But that'd be kind of cool, especially for those of you who are like listening like every day to you know be able to like hear your voice on the podcast would be kind of cool. All right, let's jump in. So today's scripture is Romans 8:39, and uh, again, I'm I'm going with ESV scriptures here, unless uh, otherwise noted, which I won't today because they're all ESV. All right, the scripture is, nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the why this I feel like intersects so much with the Rhett and Link stuff and the other podcast is, um this idea that they're basically saying we were Christians. And again, I, I know some of this is going to overlap. So some of you may be thinking this is supposed to be a short little 15, 10, 15 minute thing, get in, get it done, little soap thing. Um, and the other one is the longer podcast where we go through stuff. And I understand that. And I hear you. But again, when I, I, I mentioned the other day that I am going to break out of that sometimes. So I don't expect you to go in and necessarily have like a two hour deep dive every every day on, on the verse, you know, like I 
stick to what I said is this is a great way to jump in and do a short devotion every morning. Um, you know, doing reading the Proverbs every day is another great way, like I talked about. But I do occasionally want to jump, uh, flip the script and jump out and do other stuff. And so today, even though I'm still using the soap format, um, at least loosely, like I said, it's going to be a longer episode. This might be an hour long episode where I'm really discussing some of this stuff and if you're like, look, I got my daily routine where I just listen to them and I go on, I apologize for messing that up. Uh, and if you listen to both of them, you are going to hear some overlap. But I, I really prescribe anyways to the whole um, the Puritans way of thinking. Like they, they didn't think of like theology and like reading and understanding the Bible as like a nail to where like it's smooth and you just drive it in and you're done. They thought it was like a screw. Because like, you know, on a screw, it's basically a nail, but it has that little flat ridge thing. I'm sure there's a name for it. Um, like everything in like men have named everything in tools. Like it's, it, yeah, we're a bit obsessive with that apparently, but you know, it, it like it, that little flat edge that goes around it, right. That like literally is the screwing part that screws into the wood or whatever you're screwing into. Um, they thought of it like that, where you're coming around the subject multiple times, multiple times. And as you keep going around this thing, you keep coming back to it. So I don't mind that sometimes the two podcasts overlap. So you're hearing me talk about some rent and link stuff here and talking about salvation and eternal security and all that kind of stuff. But then I'm also, you hear some of it there. I feel like that overlap causes it. I mean, first off repetition helps us in our memory better. So it's going to cause you to understand it better. You're going to remember it better. Uh, and it's, it's going to be good. So yeah. So let's jump into it. So the first reason this made me think of this is because they're basically saying we were Christians, you know, like they've made it pretty implicit that um, we were not like we were Christians. This isn't like, oh, well, because they were they were raised Baptist. So they believe in eternal security, which is more. Well, I'm kind of getting into it this episode a little bit, but I'm going to try to dance around it. Um and so they basically believe that, you know, once you were saved, you couldn't lose your salvation. So if you were a Christian and then you walk away from it, you must have never been a Christian. Um, I will say there's different flavors, so to say, of the whole eternal security thing. Like the way I was raised, we, you know, I'm Assemblies of God, Pentecostal. And we were raised that like, just like the Baptists were raised that as we were demon possessed, if we spoke in tongues, we were raised that they were kind of idiots when it came to this <laughs> Pardon the, um, frankness, but like, cause we were, we were led like our, our idea of how they believe and some of them probably did was like this once saved, always saved. And I think that's a really bad representation. Cause that implies that to me, once saved, always saved is different than eternal security, even though they're technically the same thing. Because once saved, always saved implies that once you get saved, you can go out and do whatever you want, and it doesn't matter because you're sealed. You you were you're saved. You were baptized as a child, or um, you were uh, you know you're you're saved. You said the sinner's prayer, and so because you're now sealed for salvation. You basically can go out and live however you want and you'll be forgiven and you don't really have to worry about it. Um, that's not, even though I'm sure people do believe that, that's not a fair representation of, of eternal security. The whole idea of eternal security, um, and we'll get into some scriptures and stuff here later, but like a, a more, I think, widely held version of that is um, it's the whole idea that 
and it, it, I could really get deep into this. Like I said, I'm going to try to skirt around it a little bit because I don't want it to make it all about this. But it's the whole idea that basically when you're saved, you can't lose your salvation because um, Christ would keep you from losing it. Uh, it goes into the whole idea that like you also can't, you're not the one deciding to get saved, like that you're, you know, you're sinful and the Holy Spirit had to come in and basically you know, like we believe in the whole idea of convicting you of sin, right? Well, the whole is it's like, well, you're not even able to get saved. It's the Holy Spirit who comes in and basically shows you, for lack of better terms, that the whole Christianity thing is real. So if you're not the one who decided to be saved, if you were you were saved, you know, the Holy Spirit did it. You know, um, God sent His Son, His Son died, and the Holy Spirit's the one who actually comes and convicts. So if you had nothing to do with your salvation. How could you how could you decide to walk away from it because you didn't even initiate it? That's probably a much more accurate description than the whole once saved always saved. At least from the camp of um, that I have listened to and followed, like the whole Acts twenty nine movement, um, like Mark Driscoll. Uh, I almost said Stephen Furtick, not Stephen Furtick. Mark Driscoll, um, uh, my, uh, Matt Chandler, um, John Piper, uh, uh, Walker. What's his name? Washer. I'm Paul Washer, not Walker. That's the actor. Paul Washer. Like even even the guy from that Wretched show. It's literally called Wretched. Like that camp, right? Like that's I think a, a more fair though. I'm sure they'd all argue over nuances of it. That's a more fair representation of it. So the whole idea is if Rhett and Link were, were Christians, they couldn't actually walk away. So therefore, we must assume that they were never actually Christians. Because you know, if we read this again. Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, Jesus our Lord. And I'll get into some of breaking that scripture down in a second. So this whole idea is there is like the you would normally assume, oh, they were never really Christians. And that's the background they came from. And so they're they're saying that's not the case. We were. We did have a personal relationship with Jesus. We did believe, you know, we were missionaries for like 10 years. You know, we were preaching on Sunday, like it wasn't that we were never really Christians. That's what we always said about people we knew who basically lost their faith. So please don't say that to us. Please don't do that to us. That's not what the point is. We were really Christians. So then that doesn't match with what their theology was or what their friends would still have. Um, another view on that, and I'm sorry, I am getting pretty detailed, but again, I, if you're like, whatever, I don't care about this stuff, I'm assuming you've already skipped through it at this point. The reason I'm drilling down into this so much is because you guys, this is the stuff you guys are watching and listening every day. And whether you're literally watching Rhett and Link or something else, um, Jeffree Star, James Charles, um, any of the, I know back in the day, I Justine was popular. I don't know if she's, I mean, I know she's still around, but I don't know what she is anymore. Um, Casey Neistat, uh, Peter McKinnon. Those are some guys I follow. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Maverick. Oh, dude, what's his name? He just got in trouble like a couple years ago for showing the dead body. Um, him and his brother. Anyways, point being, um, PewDiePie a while ago. <laughs> I guess he's still around. All these YouTubers, right? And they're all, they're, they're, first off, they're all befriending you. Um, and you could do air quotes on that because they obviously don't know you or who you are. But they're all like you're becoming part of their their fandom, right? You start to you watch their stuff, you see them interact in their lives, whether it's playing video games or 
out doing photography or doing tutorials or doing makeup tutorials or doing internet like YouTube challenges, whatever it is, you're watching them and you start to befriend them. You start to feel like you know them, which lowers the guard, lowers your guard down. And then when they start to talk about their worldview, it, it, it affects you. It influences you. Even if it's something you disagree with, if you're listening to it enough, so if you're watching a daily YouTuber, you're putting, and if you're not doing a daily devotional, you're putting in their influence and their worldview even more than your own. And the problem is because we, we start to, to know and love these people, like I've been watching Rhett and Link pretty consistently since 2013, 2014. Um, first found them back in like 09 when before they were really Rhett and Link and they did before they had Good Mythical Morning. But uh, they, yeah, started back, yeah, when I was still, I had, because I remember sitting in my little, my, my chair in my office back in uh, Atwater, California at my, um, at our house one summer. And I remember because Lily would come in and watch with me. We'd watch Good Mythical, it was in the, the early days of Good Mythical Morning. Like, I think I started watching in like season one or season two. I don't know their exact timeline, but it's pretty early on. And Lily and I would, we'd do this a couple times a week. We'd sit down for like an hour or so and watch it together. So she, that was like six or seven years old for her. So, you know, now that she's 12, that's like most of her life that she can remember is watching them. And so like, there's an influence there. There's, there's, they start to have an influence. So things that like, you start to pick up some of their fashion stuff. You start to maybe try out foods, you know, if they're, they're constantly trying different kinds of, you're like, oh, let me go try that kind of food, you know? you start to get influenced by them. And so that's why I'm like, look, I want to take some time and talk about this because some people who have been influencing a lot of people, you guys in general, uh, or specifically for years and years and years are now coming out with some very specific, very, um, yeah, some very specific statements about how the world works and how God works and how Christianity works. And I'm going to address that. I'm your youth pastor. I'm your shepherd. That's my literally one of my jobs. Uh, and I don't have the time or to do it on like on a Thursday. That's not the best place for it. I talked about this in the other podcast about how these podcasts are kind of my ability to go in and have like an old school, like Sunday school class with you. Now, that's the other one is supposed to be more of the Sunday school. I know I'm blurring the lines here. This one's supposed to be more of like a little quick devotional thing like if you're reading a little devotion for teens or something but yeah that's why i'm spending so much time in this i'm gonna take a quick minute uh i need to take a quick little break i will be right back and we'll pick up this conversation all right i'm back um sorry i needed a little break Okay, so let's jump back in. I'm going to repeat the scripture again. I'm going to probably repeat the scripture a million times in this. But hopefully all that made sense as to why today's episode is the way it is and why it's this way occasionally. And again, I would have normally gone into it in this one, but it just so happened that today's scripture applies to some of that kind of stuff. So there we go. We have some crossover. Um... All right, so I have some observations. So first off, I put there's something protecting us from being separated from the love of God. I mean, it's God, but, you know, still, like, it's something out there. Um, we'll be able to separate us. So there's, there's like, some built-in protection. Oh, you know, I apologize. I got to back up. I didn't finish some of those th- things I was saying. Um, I gave the 
theological perspective from their background there and kind of talked about that um, and gave some different versions of it. So if you've grown up in a Assemblies of God church, if you've grown up at least in like a typical, because, you know, there's obviously not every single Assemblies of God church is the same, but pretty much should be relatively consistent around not just Assemblies of God, but all Pentecostal churches is Assemblies of God does not believe in eternal security. We believe in backsliding. <laughs> so growing up, like let's say I'm back, if I was back in my youth group and I, I brought this to my youth pastor, the the description wouldn't have been like, oh, they must have never been Christians. Again, all that I said is coming from what they, that's their theological background. So what would be more consistent uh, um, from a, an Assembly of God point of view and the way Brandy and I would have grown up is that they're backslidden. Like they were Christians, you know, they made a decision for Christ, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then at some point they started doubting or whatever, and they, they turned away from God. So they were, and we use the phrase backslide or backslid, like you've backslid, you've gone backwards on your faith. You've walked away from the faith. So in their circle, when their friends, this would happen to them, um, you know, they said, oh, we were there when our friends, this would happen. We'd be like, oh, they must have never truly been Christians. And our circle, Brandy and my circle, what we would, it said if this happened when anytime this happened, to our friends is, oh, they're, they're backslidden, you know, now every now and then it was like, well, you know, like he was clearly probably never even a Christian. Like his aunt made him come to youth group for a couple months that one summer and he never had any interest. He was constantly just trying to, you know, you could give examples. He was clearly never bought in. He never had, you know, made a like a said he believed or anything like that he was just here he was that's one thing but like you know when we'd have actual kid like students who were christians they had testified they made said i'm i'm a christian I, I identify with that and then they went off whether it be that they got a new group of friends or it be uh whatever it was we would say oh they're backslidden they walked away from their faith um and then we thought the whole idea of eternal salvation from again i didn't know about like reformed theology and calvinists and lutherans and method all these other different things like i basically just knew pentecostal and baptist and that seemed like because they were like the two competing things right and they thought we were crazy for speaking in tongues and we were demon possessed and we thought they were out of their minds because you could just get saved once and go on and do whatever you wanted both of us had gross exaggerations and simplifications of what the other one believed so yeah that was our point of view is we would have never said they were never no they were clearly a christian like we we were there when they they got saved at summer camp or at youth convention or when the the the, 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 the we had a revival or the speaker came in they were clearly christians they were at the bible they're at Sunday school we saw the fruit in their life but now they've walked away from it they're backslidden so from our background it would be that retin link have, have backslid um, not that they were never Christians. Um, and I will say getting into and learning more about like reformed theology and that kind of stuff. Um, as I got older, when I actually would have been when I was up in, uh, up in Oakhurst, which is basically Yosemite, California. Um, I, I, this is when I first learned about some of this other stuff. I was going through some, I'd just gone through at my previous church, 
my classes to get my license. And so I'd learned a, a bunch more about this stuff and I'd started listening to Mark Driscoll and Matt Chandler. And I kind of started learning about like what they believed and whatnot. So from their point of view, something they haven't addressed that um, some people like, like Paul Washington stuff would probably go more into is the idea that not that they were, it's either they were never Christians or there's a second option. And it's that, well, their story's not over. They're not dead yet. So they could still come back around. God could still bring them back in. So they, at this point, are like faltering. They are doubting their faith right now. But something is going to happen from now to the time before they die that will bring them back in and make the scripture true that like you can't like nothing like God won't can't lose his his children like you can't nothing can separate you once you're like you know in the hand of Jesus nothing can take you out <coughs> excuse me like I sat down to do this and all of a sudden like I was perfectly fine all morning and I sit down to do this and I feel like I'm having like some crazy allergy attack like my eyes are starting to water like my nose is getting congested, which is probably making me feel weird. I'm starting to cough. I'm like, why in the world? Like, what am I about to say? This is, this is uh, you know, I'll, I'll, like, what am I about to say that is like scaring the enemy so much, man? Like, <laughs> I'm like having some, uh, it's not my office. I was here yesterday. I didn't have any kind of anything. It's not like it's, I mean, I'm looking out the window. It's snowing. I don't see any pollen out there. Like, why am I all of a sudden feeling like I'm in the middle of like hay fever. Like, ah, it's weird. So pray for me y'all. Um, yes, I said y'all. Oh my gosh. I never say y'all. Um, but that's like an expression. So that's why that's what it is. That's quoting an expression. Okay. So with that said, I just wanted to kind of paint those backgrounds. Cause the thing I don't want to do, if you're wondering why I'm giving, going into so much of this and giving so many different examples, there's something I'm kind of <clears throat> looking at a little bit too, is like, one of my worries is that you guys, because this is part of what they talked about as having issue with is if we only present a portion of the truth to you, we never explore these other things. And then you hear them later on and you're like, well, wait a minute. Well, what about this? And it's never been talked to you. Like they, they talked about how some of the stuff they were dealing with was never discussed in their youth group. Like they talked about other things in youth group, but not, like not some of the stuff. Like I remember, like I said, a lot of these other, anytime we were basically taught that the assemblies of God, like there's other, ver like obviously Baptists and, and Lutherans and Methodists and stuff like that. They're still going to go to heaven. They're still Christians. They still like understand the gospel, but just not as, as well as us. Like the assemblies of God have a corner on the market for being the most right. Yeah. And we're probably wrong on some stuff too, because we're only humans and you know, we can't fully comprehend God, but we're like the most right. And in different ones, there's like levels of rightness. I know this is pretty, a, a pretty arrogant kind of way of thinking of this. Um, but we basically have a corner on, on understanding how this stuff works. So anytime us and we and another denomination match up, then cool, they're right on that. But anytime we differ, it's a matter of, well, we understand it better than they do because they don't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that gives us like another um, level of understanding. So we like, they they came so like a certain, like so far down the road, but then at some point they stopped 
and we've continued going and we understand more than they do. And so anytime something that would come up, like I remember, and I was older, I was like in high school, maybe even maybe out of high school. Like I may have been at this point even dating for the last time and or married Brandy already. Um, but I remember driving around, I was listening to some Christian radio station and they were talking about the rapture and they were talking about like, I think it was like mid-trib or post-trib instead of like what we, as soon as God believe is pre-trib. And I didn't even know there were, I didn't even know people disagreed on the rapture. And I was like, what are they talking about? They actually believe that like, like we're, we're not going to be raptured from this and we're going to go through the tribulation stuff. And I'm listening to it and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like I, I found like this weird, like cult online who's like, has some weird cultic beliefs or something. And like, and they're like pretending to be Christians. So I remember going to my pastor's office and being like, Hey man, I, this is what I was hearing on the internet or not the internet. Um, <coughs> excuse me again. I don't know. What is going on? I think I'm going to have to take like a little bit longer of a break and try to figure out what is going on with me. Um, so I'll wrap up with this uh, and take a break. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they believe mid-trip or whatever. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Mid-trip? What is that? He's like, well, you know, there's three beliefs on the rapture. There's technically four if you just believe that none of this is real. But there's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And he, he said it so casually. And I remember being like, wait, what? Like, we don't, I, I like, I knew we disagreed about other things, but like, we don't all agree on the rapture. Like that was shocking to me. And I remember what was even more shocking was how nonchalant about it. He was like how he was just like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's the, da, da, da. and then he didn't even go in and explain any of it to me. He didn't feel the need to be like. Oh, this is why we're right. Or this is what he, he just, to him, it was just such a non conversation that it was like, so then I'm sitting there confused. Like, well, well, okay. Well, what do I believe? I've never really, I guess I haven't thought about it as much as I would have, if I'd known other people disagreed with it and what do they believe and why do they believe that? So the, the thing I don't want for you guys is to just grow up thinking, Oh, okay. This is what I'm being taught at my church. And this is the a hundred percent everything. And then you start finding pushback to it, whether it be like full on, like <clears throat> non-Christian worldviews, like, Oh, evolution is real. And there is evidence to it. Like Rhett talked about, or if it's like other denominations or even just other Christians within your denomination who have different beliefs than you do. And then you start to feel like, like it's rocking your worldview because you just assume that this was a hundred percent completely how everything was. And there was no debate, no gray area. And then all of a sudden you start questioning your faith and all of a sudden you start struggling and you're like, well then, okay, if others don't agree with this, then how do we know we're right on this and, and what's going on? So <clears throat> I want, that's why I'm kind of digging into a lot of this is because I want you guys to be able to, process. I want you to be able to read your Bible and be able to study it and be able to, and I'm going to get in the scripture later, but to be able to show yourself approved, to know that you've studied, you understand other worldviews, not that you've completely gone into them. You have to understand every little thing, but you're at least aware in a general sense 
of differences and, and, and whatnot. And you know why you believe what you believe. And you know the difference between something that is, um, as like the Acts 29 movement they talk about, is an open or closed hand. So like if it's an open hand thing going, well, hey, we disagree on this, but it's not that big of a deal. We can all still just be you know brothers and sisters in Christ and have these differences of opinions versus a closed hand issue saying, no, if you don't believe in this, um, you're not part of the fellowship. Um, you're not like you're, you're not, and there's different degrees of that from like, you're not a Christian at all to just, well, then you can't be part of like this. You can't still consider yourself that way. Like for the example, the, the Assemblies of God has 16 fundamental statements of truth that if you're going to be an Assemblies of God pastor, um, you have to say that you agree with these 16 things. And so there's other things that you can say, I don't agree with. And you can be an Assemblies of God pastor and someone else can disagree too. And that's fine <clears throat> as long as you agree in these 16 things. And for the most part, every denomination kind of has their version of this. Um, like the Calvinists have their whole five part, whatever, you know. So they all have different versions. Assemblies of God is kind of high. Like we have 16. <laughs> um, one of them being the rapture. So I want you to be... I guess that's the whole point is I want you to be exposed. Like, so you don't get to a point like, so for me, even though it was kind of shocking, it didn't like rock. Like it didn't cause me to doubt my faith or anything, but I I've seen that happen to where people get a little bit older. They start hearing other points of view. <clears throat> they haven't studied to show themselves approved and they start to be like, well, these are the things I just assumed. And these are the things I've been told. And now that I'm hearing differences to them i don't know what to believe anymore and then you they end up kind of losing their faith i'm not saying that's what happened to rat and Lake. i'm saying that's the reason why um, i'm diving into this and why it's like well why are you opening up things to be confusing like why are you giving other viewpoints like why did you talk about like the whole um eternal salvation thing if that's not what the sins of god believes why did you even <clears throat> go into that all present that idea at all well the short answer is because they did <laughs> and link did that's their background i didn't go you know so I, I felt it important to kind of go from their perspective versus ours but on top of that um yeah i don't want you to listen to something like this Rhett and link thing and go oh i didn't even know that was up for debate okay now i'm questioning everything i want you to understand this stuff and i want you to really understand what you believe and why you believe it and sometimes to understand something sometimes you have to get more confused like um there's certain things where like i understand how a car works right like oh i understand you you put gas in it you hit start that it starts well i hit start you might turn a key um you you move the you move a lever either on the steering wheel or in the middle, you know, and then you, you put it in the forward position, it goes forward, you put it in the backwards, it goes backwards, you put it in the stop position, it stops. I understand how a car works. But then on top of that, there's like a whole nother level of like combustion and how an engine works and the drivetrain and how it turns that in, that combustion energy into actually moving the tire and all this kind of stuff that gets way more advanced. And you're like, oh my, oh my goodness, I didn't really. So now I feel more confused. So before I had a really good understanding of how a car worked, and now I know there's all these other components and I feel more confused than before and less sure of knowing how a car works than before. But then as you dig in, you start learning these systems. You're like, oh, now I, now I understand how a car works even more because now I, now I 
really understanding how combustion works. And I really understand how a drivetrain works and how the brake system works and all these things, right? It's not just a button I push with my foot and it either goes or it stops. There's all these systems and they're interconnected. So sometimes to get more understanding, sometimes it feels like you're taking a step back. Uh, and so that's kind of, I know I'm getting into some of that in this, and that's, and, and, but that's kind of what, where we're going through because I really want you guys to understand. So I'm going to take a break. I'm kind of starting to babble a little bit. I'm going to take a break. I will be back with this segment, this next segment. All right, back for round three. Okay, so I have been fine for like the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Um, I even had the headphones on. Made a phone call. Uh, I've been on my phone. I've done some stuff. I've been around the office. No problems. So let's hope that it doesn't start up again. <clears throat> okay. So let's jump back in the notes a little bit because I was just like getting off for a while. Um, so I kind of did a little study on that and broke that down a little bit. The whole nothing in the supernatural world, i.e. angels, demons, etc., and nothing in the created universe. So that's basically like, you know, when somehow uh, nor height, nor depth, let's go through it again, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us. So I looked through some of my pastoral study stuff. The sun came out. I have my windows open or my blinds open and it's been like a pretty snowy day, but it just got sunny. So I had to close it. Sorry. Okay, so it's like the no height, no depth, right? It's talking about anything. So like it, it breaks it down as like it goes into like the idea of like no supernatural spiritual force. So like a demon or an angel or something like that can't come to you and make you lose your faith. Um, and then on top of that, the whole nothing else in all of creation <clears throat> goes into the idea that like Neither can man. A king can't make you. A TV show, a celebrity, right? Link can't make you lose your faith. This idea that like there's there's nothing that can come and separate you. There is protection. So for those of you in the superhero world, think of this as like okay, especially Marvel. Especially if you're a Marvel fan, a big thing in the Marvel world is mind control, right? Someone else whether it be a character that can actually like jump into your body and take your control over you or it be mentally they do it. So there's this big thing in the Marvel world about mental protection. So the Juggernaut has that helmet shield thing. And at some point, um, Colossus starts wearing it too to protect him from, because right, the whole idea is he's unstoppable, except all you have to do is have a telepath jump in and stop him pretty easily. So that's why he wears that helmet thing. So that's why in the old cartoons and stuff like, They'd have to try to knock it off and then, and because he's unstoppable, so they'd have to just try to like get the helmet off. And once they got the helmet off, <clears throat> uh, Charles Xavier or Jean Grey could go in and like knock him out mentally or whatever. Um, there's lots of characters with different mental protections. Obviously, like Charles Xavier has stuff. He, Jean Grey, like they have this whole mental protection thing where other telepaths can't come in and control them, right? So just like uh, a powerful telepath, like, like Charles Xavier set up some mental protections on Jean Grey. Uh, Juggernaut has that helmet thing, right? So just how there's these mental protections. Think of it almost like that. It's not the best example, but if you're a comic book fan, it you know it's an example. It gives you an idea of like how something can't, like a demon can't come and whisper in your ear and cause you to not believe in God anymore. Whether you believe in eternal security or you believe in backsliding, either, it doesn't matter with as far as this part, um, a demon, an angel, they can't come and convince you otherwise. They're not going to come against your own free will 
make you not believe in God. So that's not a thing. If you are a Harry Potter fan, think of it less as like mental telepathy protection and think of it as like the all-time greatest Patronus, right? So no outside influence can come and influence you. Like you've got literally the greatest Patronus ever that will block you from any of those outside influences. No, nothing can come in and, and change your mind and change the way you're thinking. Now, you know, Demonology 101, obviously you can ha- have influences. The more, you know, you allow in, you can start to have influences. But just like you're trying, let's say you're you're trying, you're up to bat at baseball and there's some some heckler or some, you know, one in the stands saying, you know, hey, better, 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 swing, better, better, better. Oh, you suck. You're going to lose the game. You're blah, blah, blah. Clearly, they can influence you uh, to the, the extent you let them. They can break your concentration. They can upset you. They can get your emotions up. They can get, you know, cause you to react and get ejected from the game. They can cause you to get off your focus. They can cause your adrenaline start pumping so much that, like, you end up missing but they can't directly affect you, right? So the same thing, like, yes, you can start getting into things. You can have demonic influences who can who can influence you, can try to influence you, but ultimately they can't come in and control you and they definitely can't come in and be like, you don't believe in God anymore. And you're like, yeah, I don't believe in God anymore. So we, we can feel safe from that. We can be protected from that um, and not have to worry. And that's something that is pretty common so if you're like struggling like sometimes i don't even know if i'm saved like i worry like was i ever saved have i lost my salvation uh the fact that i'm thinking this and struggling with this probably means i never was saved or that yes i have lost it uh don't worry that's a pretty common doubt (laughs) that's a pretty common thing to struggle with um even as a a more mature christian now the difference is as a more mature christian you just jump to scriptures to reassure you, uh, but especially as a younger believer or a new believer, it's something that is you're going to struggle with. You're going to struggle with feeling like you're not actually saved. Um, it's just a thing that all believers go through. And again, to the extent that we have hidden God's word in our heart and we can quote scriptures like this, like Romans eight thirty nine and other scriptures to remind ourselves, no, I am a Christian. You know, I'm and you can just kind of remind yourself of it. Um, I have some cross references in here. Uh, cross references, essentially uh, other scriptures in the Bible that say the same thing or similar things. So I, I feel like some of these will be helpful in our conversation. Uh, John 10, 28 says, I give them, um, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I made that reference earlier about being in, you know, in Christ's hand and like about jumping out of it uh if you didn't put yourself if you you know god came and picked you up how are you going to jump out or nothing else can come in and and get you from it so i made i made that reference before that's that's the actual scripture john 10 28 that would be a really good one to if you're struggling with like oh am i maybe i've lost my salvation maybe you know because i'm having some doubts John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That would be one to quote. Uh, Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? So I I made reference to the whole idea of like, um, 
you know, Christ died. Well, anyways, that's just, I won't go into that one because that gets back into some of those other topics that we've already pushed on. But that's another one for you to go back and, and read and meditate on. Romans 8 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Um, you know that one? I, I wasn't going to put that one in there because I didn't see how it directly related, but I just felt like I was supposed to. So I don't know. Maybe one of you needed to hear that one. Uh, but really, I don't have any commentary to go with that one. Um, okay, so that brings us to the question, so what happened to Rhett and Link? That's my last little observation. And the reason I throw this in is, is like I would feel hypocritical is not the right word, but I would feel, and dishonest isn't the right word, but I feel like I was dodging the elephant in the room if I got on today and just did a normal soap talking about, oh, you know, like, oh, nothing can come against your, you know, and you're, you're secure. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about your salvation and da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, well, but didn't Rent Link just do this whole thing? And haven't you been talking about this in the other one? So how does that apply? How does that match up? And the one thing I'm going to say is like, first off, I don't have the answers for every little thing, right? I I don't have the answers for every little thing for you. So if you're like, well, what about this? Well, when Red said this or Link said this, how does that apply to this? And how does that apply to that? One thing I want to tell you, and I kind of touched on this a little bit, is it is okay to have doubts or questions. Um, and it's actually better to address them. Link or Red talked about how there were certain things he just wouldn't allow himself to think of about for years and years and years. And when he finally did, everything kind of started unraveling. I highly encourage you student to ask, ask your parents, ask your youth pastors, ask your senior pastors, ask your, if you're in a Christian school, um, for the students in our youth group, ask me, ask one of the leaders, you know, ask pastor Mike and Susie, ask, you know, what you need, you need to ask, you need to wrestle with these things. It, the idea is it should having questions and even having some doubts should at the end of the day, make your faith stronger, not be the reason you walked away. Um, the, the, yeah. So I, I want to just say that. So don't feel shamed if you're like, well, what about this? Or, you know, I did watch those rattling things and they did kind of have a point here. Um, don't be afraid to explore that a little bit. Now there's obviously a healthy level of like, we all go through the, not all, but a lot of people go through the phase of like getting overly obsessed with like angels and demons and stuff. Right. It's like, well, okay. At some point you do have to pull back. At some point, there is an element of faith. At some point, like, we can't necessarily understand every single little thing. Like, even Rhett talked about it. Like, at one point, it was like, well, for me to have to understand every little aspect and how it works in order to have faith in God seems a little arrogant because he's God and I'm not. So you don't have to have a textbook answer necessarily for every little thing. But you do need to, if you're struggling with something, maybe a friend or a teacher or something talked about something, and that is stuck in your, your mind, discuss it with a spiritual leader, you know, go through it, do a devotion on it, learn about it. So you're not sitting there feeling like, Oh, I've got this thing. This is like chink in the armor. And then one day that's part of what causes everything to come crumbling down. And I'm not saying that's specifically what right link did. So I'm not trying to put that on them. I'm just saying, you know, be careful. All right. So for application, I have study your word. I kind of just talked about that. It's super, super important that we know what we believe. We understand what we believe. Uh, you, you can't, how do you expect to be able to, you know, stand up to people telling you, oh, this isn't real 
when you don't even know for sure what you believe. It makes it super easy to come and unravel your faith when you don't really understand it. You just kind of understand the religious practices of going to church. You understand some phrases from things you've heard in youth group and kids church. You understand some general ideas, but you don't really understand what's behind it. And then it can cause you, like if you don't understand how and have it studied and really wrestled with and come to grips with the idea of how the Bible came together, when all of a sudden someone from the other side starts talking about it, you're like, wait, I didn't realize that. That is that true? Wait, so is the Bible even real? And then it can, you know, it can become something you have to step back and really wrestle with. It's best to, when you have these questions, to study them and understand them. Like we don't have to hide, right? Um, there's a scripture uh, in this. I'm just gonna jump to it. Um, Second uh, Timothy two fifteen says. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Like, don't be afraid. Like, this is your faith. Christianity isn't a house of cards. It's not like if you ask too many questions or look too deep, everything's going to come tumbling down. Like, don't be afraid to study this stuff. The Bible literally tells you it's it's in Timothy, which so Paul is literally giving Timothy a younger minister, a younger Christian leader instructions. And he's saying, do your best to present yourself. Like you need to be studying your word. You need to be understanding this stuff. You need to be praying. You need to be going to God with this stuff. You need to be talking to other believers with this stuff. You need to be working this stuff out. So it's not just some Christian phrase you say, but then how do you actually apply that to your real life? You have to figure out how to apply this stuff to your real life. You have to understand this stuff and be comfortable with it. So that way you can rightly, you can, you know, not be ashamed. You can be a worker who has shown himself to not need to be ashamed and that you know how to rightly handle the truth. So student, this is something that you, you basically have two options. You can just not do this and have a really weak faith and either skate by more on tradition and religion and some little nuggets of truth. Or at one point, you may come to the point where you do have your faith deconstructed because you never really had a good foundation anyways. The Bible talks about the difference of foundations, about on the sand or on the foundation or on the strong rock. Well, the only way to have your faith built on a rock is to really do this, to, to study, to understand, to, to be in those uncomfortable places of not understanding something, of being like, the Bible says this, but I don't understand this. Or even worse, Worse as in it's more freaky and scary. The Bible says this, but I don't believe this. So what do I do? If I, I don't believe what the, this is, the Bible is saying, how do I come to grips with that and digging in and really understanding things and not just falling to the easy answers, not just falling to, well, we just have to have faith. Yes, we do. But that's not the answer for every little thing, right? Every little hard question. Um, and there was another, oh, like, well, that's not what the Bible really means. Okay, sometimes that's the case, right? Sometimes there are things, like the Old Testament, under the law, there's certain things that don't apply anymore. They didn't move over. But that doesn't mean every single scripture we read about that seems to not make sense today, we can say, oh, that was from another era. That's not really what that means anymore. We have to understand this stuff if you want to have your faith built on on the rock and a firm foundation and not just... Uh, on the sand that can be washed away easily. And again, I'm not saying maybe I will. I'm not saying I won't either. So I'm not applying directly any of these particular things to the retin link thing. 
Um, I'm not trying to put words in their mouth as far as, well, this is what really happened with them. I probably will do that later <laughs> in the other podcast. Um, all right. So the next one I have, have a real relationship. Again, you can't just come to church. You can't just go off of the things that the pastor or the youth pastor says. I remember at one point when I was trying to defend my faith, I was quoting my youth pastor or my senior pastor. And I was like, well, at what point do I stop quoting them? Oh, well, my youth pastor said this. Oh, my, my, my pastor said this. When do I start reading and studying my Bible and making up like my, my understanding what I believe for myself and not just, well, my youth pastor said this. I think someone even said like, I don't care what your pastor said. What, what do you say? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Um, how you've got to have that as a real relationship, not just, oh, my youth pastor said, um, next I have surround ourselves this application still surround ourselves with other believers. Uh, I wrote down Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I feel like this one's super, 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 super relevant as we're seeing more and more celebrity Christians with this whole deconstruction. I was just in, in the break talking about how apparently this is a thing now. It's a trendy thing for people to come out with these deconstruction videos and stuff about how, oh, this is why I don't believe anymore. Um, so, you know, we need to not neglect meeting together. It's important to go to church. It's not just so we can get your tithes and offerings and, and keep the doors open. Um, it's important that we meet together, that we don't forsake that. We come together. We encourage each other. Um, but, you know, it talks about iron sharpening iron. Um, and it says all the more in the days drawing near. So as we get closer and closer to the end times, it's going to get worse. And so we're in this point now where it's becoming cooler to give your reason of why to deny Christ than rather uh, affirm that you are a follower of Christ. So we need to uh, be encouraging each other. Um, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, and a man might prevail against one who is alone. Two will stand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. All right, student, if you're just off on your own, trying to figure things out on your own, it's probably going to be pretty easy to trip you up and to tempt you and to cause you doubt and cause you problems that could cause some serious problems and maybe even get you off of your, your Christian walk. But if you have a Christian buddy, the two of you, it's a lot easier, right? You can go back. You can be like, hey, what about this? And encourage each other and help each other. And then it says a... Uh, threefold cord is not easily broken. So now when there's three of you, it's like even with right and link, right? Like one of them starts doubting and it can, it, it can kind of have that negative effect instead of it being like, okay, well, instead of encouraging you, now you're influencing me to maybe doubt. It's how, you know, threefold cord is not easily broken. There's a reason they make ropes with, you know, threefold cords. It's incredibly hard because even if one strand breaks, there's still two left. Um, and so having, again, it goes right back to the Hebrews 10, 25 about you students. It's important for you to be involved in your church. I recently read an article, or I guess I'm technically still going through it. It's pretty long and uh, I saved it to go through it more later, but it talked about the idea that church should be your excuse to miss things. Not that you have excuses to miss church. So it should be that, oh, I can't, I can't pick up that shift because I have church. Oh, I can't work Thursday nights. Or Sunday mornings because I have church. I can work any other time. 
oh, I can't do that traveling soccer team because I can't make Thursday night practices because I have church. Church should be your reason to miss other things. Oh, you want to go on a date? Cool. Friday night? Oh, that doesn't work for you? Thursday? No, I can't do Thursday. I have church. You know, whatever it may be. You should be giving church as your excuse to miss other things, not the other way around. So when you're coming once a month, twice a month, here and there, you know, like every time we do some fun event, there's a student or two or three there who haven't been to church in a while and to youth in a while. So church needs to be our excuse to miss other things. Um, you need to be around other believers, other Christians, other leaders, mentors in an environment where you're worshiping God together with others. You need to be in this um not off on your own as one little one strand cord, one person who can just be overtaken easily. Don't believe me? Go read Ecclesiastes 4.12 again. All right. Now, have don't be afraid to ask hard questions and search for answers. I already kind of covered that one. Um, and that's part of the reason we're doing tribes is to give to give some space for you guys to be able to vocalize questions, concerns, your own insights, and not just always like, listen to what we say, listen to what we say, to wrestle through some things and to help each other out and and pray over each other and whatnot. And then I already went over 2 Timothy 2.15 about, you know, do your best to present yourselves to God as a proved worker. So that's it, guys. Um, I know it was a long one. I know this is like close to an hour. Uh, I don't apologize because like I said, it just so like, I felt like if I just did this as a normal little, little soap thing, it's like, I was ignoring the fact that like, I'm saying all this stuff, but then right over here is this big thing about how Rhett and Link are basically saying, well, that's not true. We lost our salvation. So hopefully I helped. Hopefully I didn't just go, oh my gosh, now I'm questioning everything. Now I'm like, what's eternal security? What's. Well, I do. What's the rapture? How, what do I need to believe about that? Oh my goodness. There's all these different versions. How do I know what I believe is true? So hopefully I didn't just totally mess you up. Hopefully I caused you, if nothing else at the end of the day, uh, hopefully I caused you to like fan the flame of the desire to like get into your word and really understand what you believe and talk, uh, got you to look into the importance of it. So with that guys, I, I don't have a prayer written down. I'm just going to pray for you real quick. Lord, I just uh, pray over all the students and leaders or parents or whoever's listening, but specifically the students, that you will guide them on this uh, faith journey, that you will uh, preserve them like your word says, and you will keep uh, <clears throat> keep them. Sorry, I got very distracted. <laughs> you will keep them um, moving forward, and you'll you'll be there to help them through the the challenging questions and not be afraid to dig into their word, not to feel like they have to um, hide anything. So that way, you know, it doesn't all fall apart, but they can be uh, secure and understanding that you are big, you are strong, you are more than capable of, of standing up to the scrutiny of some of these questions. And that it's okay to uh, dig into this stuff for the sake of ultimately understanding our faith better, growing in our faith and uh, bring, and glorifying you more. And pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. I will see you, I want to say tomorrow, but I almost never do these the day after youth. <laughs> so I will see you guys the next time I see you. All right. Bye.